Your Bibles, please, for our second reading to the book of Joshua. Chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore... Arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all, uh, sorry, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side Jordan. But ye shall pass over, pass before your brethren armed uh, all the mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord have given your brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side, Jordan, toward the sun rising. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, 
so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. All right, so the book of Joshua. Let's introduce the uh, book itself. Uh, It may fairly be said that perhaps not all of the words written in this book came from the pen of Joshua. There are a few places that were written after his death, uh, his own death, the death of Eleazar, the conquest of Hebron by Caleb, Debir by Othniel, and the Danite migration. These all take place later on in the book of Judges as well. Um, We think that the book of Judges was probably written by Samuel. It's also possible that Samuel wrote some of the later portions of the book of Joshua. Possible. We don't know. Uh, There is uh, traditional accounting on the Jewish side of things, you know, as they have superintended the Hebrew scriptures over the centuries. And they have strong opinions on who wrote what. Um, Samuel being the author of the book of Judges and so on. Uh, but it's difficult for us to say uh, with, with that kind of certainty. This is the difference between something that we have in Scripture when, when a particular book starts out by saying, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ unto Timothy, right? Or something like that. And then something else, it's simply called the book of Joshua. It may be called the book of Joshua because it was Joshua's exploits. And Joshua may not have written every word in it. There are certain places where we read Joshua wrote, and we want to remember that. He probably wrote the bulk of the book, okay? But we don't want to, you know, oh, it's the book of Joshua. Every word was written by Joshua. Well, that, that may or may not be true. Does, it, does the book of Joshua really mean authorship? Not exactly. It doesn't have to mean that. Let's be reasonable. Let's be reasoned as we come to these things in Scripture. All right, so um, um, is it possible that Joshua wrote every word? Well, our doctrine of inspiration says, yes, it is possible that Joshua wrote every word. It might be uncharacteristic, but it is possible. Joshua could have prophesied of his own death and wrote all, all of those things down under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Of course that's possible. Yes. Okay. Um, so... The date of the writing, well, it's right on the heels of the death of Moses, the entering into the land. We think sometime around 1410, 1409, 1408, 1407 B.C., something like that, right? So whatever your date of the Exodus is, if it's 1450, take 41 years off and you're good to go, right? Okay. The content, well, it's a continuing record of the covenant people. Uh, a record of the faithfulness of God as he performs in history what he has promised to his people, uh, the patriarchs, and then later to Moses. Uh, And then also the continuation of God's promise despite the people's failing in the 40 years of wilderness wandering. Right? Um, Let's see. uh, For a brief outline of the book, um, very often... There are some good chapter breaks in the book of Joshua. So we have the introduction in verses 1 through 9. 
Then we'll, we'll take the rest of chapter 1 and chapter 2 together. And we'll call that the preparation for the crossing of Jordan. Then we'll take two chapters, 3 and 4. And we'll talk about uh, getting ready to cross Jordan further. We'll have the incidents at Gilgal in chapter 5, the first half. And then we have Jericho after having crossed the Jordan in 513 through 627. In chapter 7, we have Achan and his theft and his demise. In chapter 8, we have the destruction of Ai. And then uh, the altar upon Mount Ebal in the last part of that chapter. We have the deceit of the Gibeonites in chapter 9. Then we have the conquest of southern Canaan in 10. Northern Canaan in 11. And then all the way through chapter 12, the completion of the rest of the conquests and the list of the defeated kings. So the conquest is finished by chapter 12. Then in chapter 13, we have the distribution of the territory. And that's a a fairly detailed arrangement. Chapters 13 and 14 uh, give us the distribution of the eastern and western tribes. Uh, Chapter 20 or sorry, 14 through 19. Uh, Chapter 20 gives us the cities of refuge. 21, the cities of the Levites. 22, the two and a half tribes, their return to their land. And then 23 and 24, the conclusion, which is, um, uh, uh, it's kind of a return to Joshua's uh, charge. Uh, Now he will give a charge to the people and he will remind them of God's gracious acts and so on. So that's really the book as it sits. The chapter breaks in this book of the Bible are fairly secure. Okay? All right. Well, let's move on then to verse 1 and begin to unpack the, uh, the first chapter. So notice we have this, um, this really interesting uh, thing. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun. There's a, there, there's a continuousness to this, right? There's a, there's a continuity to it that tells us that God, you know, he didn't meet this with any sort of surprise or anything like that. Moses died. God, God begins to speak to Joshua. Notice we don't have two leaders. There's not Moses and Joshua leading together. There's Moses, he dies, then Joshua, that takes over that takes his place and he was the servant of Moses that's what we learn and so notice we we hear something about Joshua that he was a humble man he was Moses servant he was his minister uh he you know Moses would say jump Joshua would say how high on the way up kind of thing he was someone who took his his commandments his orders his cues and his clues from Moses there were several times uh throughout the the, uh, Pentateuch that Joshua defended Moses. He took up his part for his honor as well. My Lord Moses, forbid Eldad and Medad. They're they're prophesying over there and they're not a part of us over here. Right? And of course Moses answers with that characteristic humility that we know him for. So Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan... Thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Everything I said to Moses, I'm saying to you. And so notice that while we have a succession, we don't have a change. 
Oh, that's important, isn't it? In our, in our day of independent churches, very often you change the pastor, you change the church. Well, that's not what's happening here. Everything that I commanded you, uh, Moses, now I'm giving to Joshua. Joshua, everything I commanded Moses, now I give to you. All the commandments are the same. All the structure is the same. All of the activity is the same. The goal is the same. Everything's the same. The only thing that's different is we have someone else to lead us in all that sameness. That's it. So we don't change the confession or the real confession, that which underlies what is written when we change the leadership here. Everything's the same. The covenant's the same. The land is the same. The reward is the same. The way they get there is the same. Notice also that in, uh, in this we see that uh, the promise, the land, is much wider than we originally thought. The Lord here says that he will give them not to, not to the river Jordan on the east, but to the river Euphrates on the east. So this goes all the way to the land of Persia, right? So much larger territory that is promised. And we will see this realized not only at the end of the book of Joshua, but we'll see it realized especially under Solomon. When the kings of the east come and pay their homage to Solomon. Okay? So yeah, it's, it's a very large territory. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Do you remember what we did to Egypt? Okay, this is what we're going to do to the tribes, the Canaanites in the land that I promised you. Uh, several times in this passage, Joshua is told to be strong and of a good courage. Uh, may I say that that is uh, a tool that must be in the toolbox of the ministry of the word and sacraments. Strong, good courage. By good courage there, uh, we're talking about conviction, right? Conviction. Be convinced of what the Lord has told you and move ahead in it. Don't be waffling. Don't doubt. Don't be double-minded. Do the work to be convinced. Be strong and move ahead. What is it based on? Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt thou have good success. And we might say, have I not commanded thee? This is something that Joshua ought to be asking himself all the time. Has God commanded this? Can I say about what we're about to do that the Lord would say to me, have I not commanded thee? Or has this thing risen up out of my own preference or desire? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Uh, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Notice also that the Lord must counsel him not to be dismayed. What does that mean? Don't be dismayed. Joshua, there will be disappointments. Don't let them crush you. We're going to remember, aren't we, just after Jericho. They go to Ai. 37 men die that day. I think it's 37. And Joshua falls down on his face before the angel of the Lord and says, 
What, do you, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Don't be dismayed, Joshua, the Lord says. Don't be dismayed. Don't let defeats take you aside, take you off the course. Continue your footsteps one by one toward the city that I've given you. Don't be dismayed. We might say the same thing to ourselves. All right, so then Joshua does what any good leader, what any good commander would do. By the way, Joshua is not only a spiritual commander, but he's an army commander. Both offices congeal in him. And so all the more important that the word of the law should not depart out of his mouth and out of his mind. He has much to say grace over, if you will. He says then in verse 11, prepare you victuals. Why do they have to prepare victuals? Because they haven't in 40 years. They've collected manna as it gathered across the ground like hoarfrost. Now they're getting ready to cross over into Jordan. As soon as they cross into Jordan, over the, over the Jordan uh, River and into the land of promise, into Gilgal, what happens? The manna will cease. They have to prepare them food for that day. Joshua is a good commander. The Lord has somehow, we're not told exactly how, revealed to him that the man is about to cease. So they need to prepare. Then he spoke with the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh. And what did he say to them? Uh, Remember that you have your land there, but you don't get it until you come uh, and help your brethren. So you leave your wives and your children and your cattle there and you come armed ready with your brothers as you go and subdue the land i think this is a wonderful wonderful passage and i think it teaches us a lot if we were preaching on it maybe we'd go the rest of the afternoon but we're not mr Waylaw says thanks but what we will do is i'll just bring out one point here's the one point beloved We live in an age when everyone requires special handling. Special handling. Oh, my condition is different. I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. Special handling. Uh, Special handling, Moses. Uh, We already have our land. Moses says, nope. Joshua says, nope. You come ready armed with your brethren. You take your place at their side. You join your arms with them. And you don't return home until they have their land so you all have their lands together no special handling right no carve outs no leave outs nope you labor alongside your brethren to the best of your ability so very important there and then um, verse 15 until the lord have given your brethren rest as he hath given you And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan. And their commitment is is unflinching. They're ready. They don't want that kind of leave out. They don't want that kind of carve out. They don't want to be the exception. They want to be the rule. And so what do they say? And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us we will go, according as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee only. The Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. So they give him a little bit of an encouragement there. We will follow you, but we will follow you as the Lord your God is with you, like he was with your predecessor. 
Because it's not you we're following particularly. It's God we're following. Right? So, it's a very interesting passage, right? They, they acknowledge that they are following the Lord. And isn't it so encouraging to hear something like that? We might say that the success of the people of God so very early, by you know, halfway through the book, chapter 12, the subduing of the tribes of Canaan was in part due to the fact that they were following Joshua as they followed Moses, as they saw the Lord's work in Joshua so also they followed him. And because they were united behind him, if they were infighting, if they were uh, rabble-rousing with one another, certainly that would not have been profitable for their entrance into the land of Canaan. All right, thus ends, oh, one more thing. Who, who, whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken to the words that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. That's how united they were behind their captain, Joshua. All right, with that then, let's stand.